Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin Healthcare, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Denny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin Healthcare, with more Healthy Matters. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of Healthy Matters. We're talking an open line show today. Dr. David Hilden, good morning to you. Good morning, Denny. It is uh, 18 and it's above. It's a, it's a it's beautiful comfortable. day here in the upper Midwest, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. A little light snow. Uh, but we have a show to do here. And again, if you're new to the show, thanks for checking us out. Uh, what we call an open line show means your phone calls and text messages uh, for the entire hour. So if you have a question about you or a loved one, whomever, uh, call it in or text it in. And before we get underway, let me give those numbers. Just, Why'd you do that? That'd be uh, great. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. You know, with uh, an open line show, we always get busy. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. You can call right now, or if it's easier, send a text eight one eight zero seven. Some folks are doing that already. Eight one eight zero seven. How are things at the hospital? Uh, things are going well. Yeah, we've had a lot of. Cold weather injuries this year. Oh, I would imagine. A lot of people slipping and sliding and falling Um, in the last few weeks. You know how that, do you remember there was, I think it was a Monday or whatever, we got a half an inch of rainy, icy sleet, and then it snowed and snowed and snowed and snowed, and people are falling. Yes. My sidewalk still got some of that on there. So we've had a lot of injuries like that. Fortunately, it's been a relatively good flu season. Doesn't mean you shouldn't get your flu shot. Can I per- you still get the shot? You can still get it. Right. Um, the flu shot's pretty good this year. It's, the effectiveness is pretty good. Um, and it's not quite as bad a year. Last year was a terrible it year. It was. Just a terrible year. I've had a cold myself this past week, and, and um, I think my sister might have the flu. And so there, there is a difference. Uh, you know, I've had a cold, which means I'm still able to go to work. Um, I'm not hacking and sneezing on people too much. I mostly have a scratchy <laughs> not too throat. Much. Not too much. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's it, reassuring. I don't have um, a fever. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly able to go about my business. I'm just kind of a little out of it. You know, I take a cough drop to keep my scratchy throat. Sure. I'm a little congested, but I don't have bad, bad fevers, and I don't have um, muscle aches all over my body. And uh, it's uh, so there's a difference. You, Do you just you take things know. to kind of relieve the. Yeah. yeah, I take some. Sim- you know, the things you can buy over the counter yeah. they do work for symptom relief. They don't shorten the duration by a nanosecond. They don't do, and they don't shorten the duration of your illness. But you know, I, you can take a I'm in a histamine for you know kind of allergic type of things, and they also put you to sleep. Um, antihistamines do. You can take decongestants. Uh, uh, you can take Tylenol for, for just kind of mild aches and pains, and they all they give you some symptomatic relief, and that's that's what I've been doing. We, we used to call that in in med school um, better living through chemistry. Yes. <laughs> so I've been fine. I've been out and about and doing okay. I was at a interesting dinner party last night, and it occurred to me what great health care we have in the Twin Cities because I was surrounded by eight people, and my poor wife, she was the only non medical person there. She's a social worker. I was uh, in a room with a pulmon—I'll just say a pulmonologist from from Health East, 
a cardiologist from North Memorial, a cardiologist from Abbott Northwestern, um, an internal medicine pediatric doctor from Health Partners, an endocrinologist from the University of Minnesota, and a rheumatologist from Hennepin. With kind me. of very, very so, ecumenical. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> so we had we had most of the healthcare systems in town. Uh, and so we got talking about everybody's, you know, you know, you can imagine what a boring, my poor wife. <laughs> you can imagine what Talking could, shop? Yeah, there's a lot of um, shop talking around there. But what it did strike me was what a great community we have of, um, these are all just friends, some of them new, some of them old, working at all these healthcare systems. We pretty much had the healthcare, the healthcare uh, system covered. So we were talking about what people are seeing and what, what life is like in their shops. And it turns out, well, Twin Cities, we got you covered in healthcare. I'm very proud of where I am. I'm at Hennepin. I'm at HCMC. And uh, so I'm very proud of that. But it did strike me that uh, we have a great system of healthcare, no matter where you it might really be. It really is true. Yeah, I would never disparage any of my uh, the other healthcare systems because I just had a really nice dinner with lots of their doctors, and they're all great. Excellent. <laughs> All right, here's our phone number again if you want to join in on the conversation. If you have a medical question, a health question, a general health question, 651-989-9226. There is a line open if you want to fill it. Uh, easier, send us a text, 81807. We already have a bunch of them. Should I do some of those? Let's do Dan- that. Okay, Danny, let's take some text messages because there's already a screen full of them. Uh, I'll start out with one that's about what I was just talking about, colds and stuff. Here's one that just came in that says, uh, any thoughts on why I get a cold so often? five to six times a year, and they last from a week or two up to six weeks. Yeah, that's a drag. Six weeks for – it's probably something more than a cold if it's lasting six weeks. Uh, it, it could still be a viral infection, but if you're having um, nasal congestion or sore throat or things sneezing up in up in your head that lasts six weeks, and particularly five or six times a year, I suggest it might not be a cold. It might be an allergy. Uh-huh. Allergies can go on essentially indefinitely. And the sim- the symptoms would be very similar to a cold. So you might want to look to see if it's an allergy uh, and not just a cold. Although maybe you're just someone who's very susceptible to viruses and it can, it can happen. The average person does get one or two or three colds a year. And so maybe this, this texture is maybe just a little bit on the high end of that. A text came in earlier about some itchy, scratchy eyes and kind of uh, matted and uh, it, it, matted, crusty eyes, yeah, red it, and bloodshot. Huh? I think some of us have had that over the years. The kids too, right? What, what am I thinking? We all about? remember that that goopy crud. It's yeah. conjunctivitis or yes, pink, yes, yes. pink eye. Yeah, we used to call it pink eye. You can, you can still call it pink eye because your eyes are kind of pink, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, when they get red, it's it's probably a, a conjunctivitis, which is simply a, a itis, an inflam, inflammation of the conjunctiva or the linings of your eyes. Very common. It can be caused usually by three things. Um, well, let me say four things. A very common thing is just dry eyes. That's the fourth thing: dry eyes. So you can just get artificial tears for that and see if that helps. That might be really common. But the three other Main reasons you get conjunctivitis, it's a viral thing, it's a bacterial thing, or it's an allergic thing. Sort of like colds, you know, they can be from a virus, a bacteria, or an allergy. They're all treated differently. A good idea is just to wash your eye with a little warm water on there and, and, um, and, and just kind of clean them out, particularly in the morning. But if it if it recurs over and over again, you might see a primary care doctor and they can try to help distinguish between those. There are eye drops for allergies. There are eye drops for bacterial sources. And for viral things, you don't really need anything except just to wash them with water. 
most of them will be safe uh, if you do nothing. Even bacterial conjunctivitis will usually go away on its own. Will it? Yeah, most hmm. of it will. But that's the one that eye drops for bacterial eye drops are quite helpful for. So All if right. this is a recurrent problem for this texture, I suggest they they get that taken a look. At. Right, should we grab another one before sure. we break? Sure. Here's that says. I'm a young, active, 65-year-old female. Good for you. I like that. Within the past six months or so, I've been experiencing discomfort or pain in my neck and loss of mobility. I've tried some PT, but it doesn't really help. What do you think? That's interesting that it's just um, in the last six months or so. It, the most common thing in a 65-year-old, which is still, and I like it that this person is young and active, um, is still arthritis. You could have that. But that wouldn't come on suddenly. So if you were fine six months ago and then you suddenly had some problems, that wouldn't be as likely to be arthritis. Much more likely to be some kind of neck strain, some, mus- some ligamentous or muscular strain in your neck. I would continue physical therapy. I might suggest acupuncture, massage therapy. I would definitely suggest yoga and stretching, things like that. And if none of that does anything, just not getting better, then and only then would I probably go to get some x-rays done um, to see if you have some bony abnormalities like like arthritis or something. So those are some things to try for that texture. All right. A lot of folks uh, thinking cold's on the mind today. Bev in Minneapolis is one of them. Bev is on the horn. Go ahead, Bev. What is your question? Uh, Go ahead, Bev. I'd like to share with you why I have not had a cold for over 30 years, and it's due to WCCO. Ah. They, they used to have a doctor. I can't remember his name. They didn't fix my memory. But <laughs> he, he had a show on, like, like you do, and he said he never had a cold. At the first sign of a cold, you chop up a clove of garlic, put it in a spoon, and have a glass of orange juice, and wash it down. I think that was Dr. William A. O'Brien. Well, I couldn't remember his name. Do you remember, Daddy? I, I, sure, I remember Dr. O'Brien. Sure. I tell you, it works, and I finally got my two daughters, who are should have uh, known years ago, but they finally admitted that it works for them, too. Okay, Bev, say it again. What do you have to do to the garlic? Because I'm going to learn from you, Bev. <laughs> you just put it on a chopping thing, and just, just one little clove, or if they're small, two. Chop them real fine, put them in a spoon. Put them in your mouth, kind of hold your breath, and then drink the orange juice. Oh, good heavens. And, it's, and you don't get colds? I have not had a cold, and I used to get them all the time. Oh, I love this advice. Does it taste nasty? Because you're kind of holding your breath while yeah. you're holding. <laughs> you hold your nose. And have the juice. Bev, thanks for your call. That was Doctor. Uh, what was his name? William O'Brien. Doctor William O'Brien. Thank as I you. recall, he was an internal medicine physician as was well. Was he really? I think that. Was I think it's to you. Was he? Yeah, yeah. That was a little before my time. You know, I have heard um, for other reasons, garlic is supposed to be very good for you. Yeah. It's, you know, which is a good thing for me because I eat a ton of it. Yeah. I rarely start cooking anything at home without um, chopping up the garlic clove first. That's, but why I have, that's why I'm standing over yeah, here. Yeah, that's why Denny's six <laughs> feet away from me. <laughs> but that's a, it's an interesting advice about uh, maybe it has something to do with your immune system because there's a whole bunch of things. It brings up an interesting thing about what we ingest and what we eat does definitely have effect on our health. And it could well be that something yeah. about garlic is um, helpful to your immune system. And a lot of people have long thought that orange juice is good for that. Yeah. Well, so thanks for the call. That's great. That was a great call, Bev. Thank right. you. You're going to do that as soon as you get home. I know you Got will. it. I probably will. All right. We need to take a very fast break here. 
So folks on the line and texters, uh, join us, eight one eight zero seven. that's the text number, or call in your health question, 651-989-9226. Light snow now reported here in the Twin Cities, I should say still reported, and we are possibly going to get one to two inches of new snow before it ends overnight. Right now, 18 degrees on CCO. Light snow falling, 18 degrees. We're in the midst of an open line show on Healthy Matters. Thanks to our good friends and uh, at uh, Head Up in Health, Dr. David Hilden is your host. If you're new to the show, again, this is an open line show. Your phone calls, text messages, that uh, drives the whole show. Tell you what, I know we have a bunch of texts. Let's find out on the horn what uh, Kathy has uh, to say. Kathy, what is your question? Yes, I about in November, we have a fireplace with a bench made out of bricks attached to it, and I tripped and hit just the very top of my shoulder on that. And it was sore and it hurt, but I went to my doctor and she didn't think it needed an x-ray or anything, but it's been getting increasingly worse. And now I'm starting to have, you know, shooting pains down my whole arm and my hand tingles and I can't always hold on to things. They just... uh, fall out of it, and I wonder if I, if it's too late to go get an x-ray yeah. or what that could be. Yeah, Kathy, how long ago was it? At uh, the end of November. Oh, yeah. And your symptoms all started since that fall? Yeah. Um, well, like the first week, it just, it hurt really bad, and I had the tingling, yeah. but, you know, I she felt around to see if I dislocated it or... Right. Yeah, I think since you're having symptoms that are now persistent and even getting worse two to three months later, I think it is probably a good idea to go back in. I don't think I would have done much different than your doctor did the first time because in the acute setting right after something happened, so many different things could be going on that we usually do just an exam, and that's mostly what we do. We don't always get x-rays right at the beginning. Otherwise, we'd be sending zillions of people for x-rays yeah. who didn't need them. Um, but in your case, you are having a neurologic symptom. That's the numbness. That's the tingling. That's the inability to hold things with your hands. And those concern me a little bit um, because that could mean that the nerve in your neck or in your shoulder is got pinched somehow, either by just uh, um, some arthritis kinds of changes or maybe from that fall. And if that were to be the case, it could be that that symptom's going to keep getting worse. And you can imagine that that wouldn't be a great thing. Um, we don't like to have deficits in your neurologic function. So my suggestion, Kathy, is to go back in. I don't think you have to rush off there this today, but maybe this week to call and tell your doctor those same same thing you just told me. Because now I think it would be a good idea probably either to get an X-ray or the next step might be an MRI of your neck and your shoulder. I think that's what I would suggest. Next. All right. Good luck, Kathy. Thank you. 651-989-9226. Uh, text is 81807. Let, I'll tell you what, let's take another call before break time, and then we'll try to field as many uh, text messages as we possibly can. Anne is calling from Brooklyn Park, I believe. Anne, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hello. Can we help you? Uh, yes, my name's Anne from Brooklyn Park, and I'm calling about my son, Mike. He's 60 years old. Uh, he's one... I never wanted to go to the doctor, but it's gotten to the point where he's really weak and his hands are all uh, 
chapped and they're peeling and his nails are all disfigured, getting all disfigured. What can you help yeah, me with? And, and how old is your son? 60 years old. 60. It's time to go in. Um, you know, I, I, I joke. I joke about this. I'm a doctor. I'm in my early 50s, and I've seen like a primary care doctor not enough in my lifetime. So it's it's sort of one of those do like I say, not yeah. like I do things. It reminds me of a billboard about men trying to get men to go to the doctor. There was a billboard that says um, stubborn or something to the effect of many men are going to die of stubbornness. And then somebody put some graffiti over that billboard that says, no, we won't. <laughs> Um, yes, men are too stubborn in not going to the doctor. And so I would encourage him to go in. Um, tell Michael he needs to go in, And Now, the stuff with his nails and his hands peeling, that could be just a kind of a, a minor issue that needs a, a dermatologist. Or it could be the sign of an underlying medical problem. If his hands and his nails are in rough shape, it could be that his heart and his lungs are in rough shape. And so I think at age 60, it, it is for sure uh, uh, you need a tune-up. Um, you, you'd take your car in. Tell him that if you take your car in to get checked out, I think you should take him in to get checked out. There are many things that can be done that are easy, that are relatively inexpensive, that are covered by insurance companies, and that can be life-saving if you do. So tell him that doctor's orders. He has to go in. Got to go in. Got to go in. No excuses. Man right. up. <laughs> good luck to him. Good luck to you, and, Anne. As and well. thank you for your call. I, I'm not trying to be flippant. No, that. no. Tell him he does. Um, it's a really good idea. Should we grab a text or two? Sure. Here's one that something I don't know anything about, but I'm going to speculate. The, the texter says, what is your opinion of Dr. Jason Fung's intermittent fasting recommendation for losing weight and controlling type 2 diabetes? I don't know what who Jason Fung is, but um, uh, he's a doctor apparently who has a diet. Yeah. And intermittent fasting, I have heard a little bit about those. That's where you fast for a period of time, then you eat whatever you want, then you fast, then you eat, then you, you know, back and forth. I don't know what his schedule is, but I have to say I'm not a big fan of anything like that. There is nothing wrong in a healthy person fasting. In fact, that might be a healthy thing to do every now and then. That's probably good for you. But it's not required, and it's not really... Um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough way to lose weight if that's your goal. Anything that you can't sustain over your lifetime is, in my opinion, a bad way to lose weight. Why do you want to live your life of misery? And if fasting every other day or every third day or whatever, who wants to do that? And so that's so hard to do that it's tough to maintain that over time. Far better, in my opinion, is to find a healthy, preferably plant-based diet that is um, uh, low in saturated fats, low in sugars. That's probably the most important thing. Very low in simple sugars and carbohydrates. Um, high in healthy proteins and healthier fats like omega-3s. High in vegetables. Do that every day. And don't eat quite so much. And be active. Those are things that you can sustain over time. I also recommend that anyone who's a diabetic see a nutritionist, see a regi registered dietitian. This texture talks about diabetes. I would definitely not recommend fasting to a diabetic without the expert advice of a dietitian. Good point. We have, Doctor, less than 60 seconds before the break. And uh, should we, uh, you know, there's, I can't believe the, the clinic and specialty center has been... Open a year. I can't believe that. We opened a year ago in March. And so um, our clinic and specialty center um, has 26 primary and specialty care clinics under one roof. We have a wide range of medical care, one convenient location. It's got 
sweet underground parking. You never have to go outside. Come and check us out in any number of specialties, including primary care. The number is 612-873-6963, or you can always check us out at hennepinhealthcare.org. I have maintained, and I still maintain, it's the state of Minnesota's premier outpatient ambulatory clinic, the Clinic and Specialty Center at hennepinhealthcare.org. I agree. We'll take a quick break, another half hour of the show to come. Stay with us. In the Twin Cities, light snow, current temperature reading on CCO 18. Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin Healthcare, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's level one adult and pediatric trauma center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Danny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden. Internal Medicine Physician with Hennepin Healthcare with more Healthy Matters. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Healthy Matters. This is an open line show today. What does that mean? Your calls and text messages the rest of the way. So if you do have a general health question for Dr. Hilden, by all means, there's a line open, 651-989-9226. Text number, and we have a bunch of those, 81 Eight zero seven, Doctor Hillen, should we uh, should we should get I on with text? it? Yeah, let's I'll, do that. I'll try to get as many as I sure. can. Sometimes people accuse me of giving too windy of an answer, but you know, healthcare is hard. I have that's to, right. I have to give sometimes complicated answers. That's but I'll right. try to be brief on some of these. Um, here's one that says from the text line: There are two texts about cancers that came in earlier in the show, and I'll do my best. It says, "What can you tell me about peritoneal cancer stage three and the prognosis?" Um, but your peritoneum is the lining of your belly. That's what your peritoneum is. It is un- unusual that it is the primary source of your cancer. We talk about primary source. Where did the cancer start? You know, it's possible, but more likely the peritoneum was um, the victim. It was cancer spread from somewhere else. In women, that could be from your ovaries. In, in anybody, it can be from your colon or your liver or something in the neighborhood. And I, I'm going to refrain from telling about prognosis um, to this texture because any doctor who tells you he or she knows exactly um, uh, uh, how long you have or what the prognosis is doesn't really know, and any radio doctor telling you that really doesn't know. So that would be inappropriate for me to say so. But stage three is generally um, means you're on a stage one, two, three, or four, that it has spread a little bit further um, than the earlier stages. Um, cancers are so much more treatable than they used to be, though. So I would ask that question of your oncologist and see what they say. There are a number of really good treatments for cancers now. Um, cancer is actually uh, way more treatable than it used to be. So that's about all I can say about uh, prognosis there. There was another question about a cancer that said stage 4 lung cancer. On Friday night, I woke up twice in a pool of water. Not only me, but the bedding. Any idea what could have caused this? I don't, but it sounds like you're sweating. It's what it's, it sounds like. And stage four lung cancer is very advanced lung cancer, which does have a more limited prognosis um, in terms of uh, how you're going to do. Again, there are good treatments, but stage four lung cancer is a serious diagnosis. Um, anything that's changed in your health care, I would tell this texter, go tell your oncologist. That's, all, that's what I'm going to tell you. Um, I don't know why you're waking up in a pool of water, but it sounds like it could be 
perspiration. And when you're having night sweats, that is often a sign um, of uh, an infection or a cancer or something. So I would have, I would definitely go have that checked out. Here's a texter that says, I have been told that statins don't prevent heart attacks and I have to switch to Lipitor or Crestor. Can you comment on that? Lipitor and Crestor are statins. They are um, atorvastatin, that's Lipitor, and rosuvastatin, that's Crestor. So they are statins. And statins are really beneficial in people who have heart disease. If you have known heart disease, they actually do reduce your risk of having a future heart attack. They're proven to have done that. Um, there are other people for whom statins are a good idea, people with very high LDL or bad cholesterol. So if it's above 190, you might want to be on a statin. If you have diabetes, if you have prior coronary disease, those are all reasons to be on a statin. So to say they don't prevent heart attacks isn't really true, but it's also maybe an overstatement to say that if you take your statin, you're going to prevent a heart attack. What you are doing is if you are in a certain high-risk groups, like I just named, taking a statin will probably lower your risk of having a heart attack. But to say they prevent heart attacks is a stretch. Uh, should we go to the phones? Yeah, let's do that. All right, we got some phone calls lined up. Wendy in Minneapolis is first up here. Wendy, go ahead, please. Hi, um, I have a question. I've gone through menopause. The only time I sweat is when I take a shower. And I don't know what's causing that. I don't know if it's the menopause, if What's going on? I I can do regular activities without any perspiration, but when I take a shower, I sweat. I bet it is, Wendy. Um, uh, uh, I I haven't heard about that specific thing about in the shower and not at other times. But it's probably just the warmth and the steam that's coming out of the shower and your hormones are um, uh, that are circulating in your body are all over the map. and that's the, that is true for women um, in the postmenopausal period, and so I don't really I, I'm having a hard time getting real more specific about that. But it is at least possible that it is related to your menopause situation. We often call the sweatiness that women get we call it a vasomotor symptom of menopause. Vasomotor just simply means your vasculature. Um, and that's why women get hot flashes. The vasculature um, has um, starts dilating and leak, get literally leaking, and it starts. You start sweating, and you get really hot. Um, your your blood vessels are very good at dilating and contracting. That's normal. They dilate when you're exercising to deliver more blood. They dilate when you're hot so that you can perspirate, and then they constrict when you're cold to divert blood to your organs and away from the cold parts of your skin. So your blood vessels are very good at doing that. It is a hormonally driven thing, and in menopause, for some reason, as the hormones are fluctuating in a woman's body, those that vasodilatory uh, function gets exaggerated at weird times. And so for you, Wendy, it's probably something to do with that particular milieu of taking a shower. I'm not sure I have much to suggest about that other than to see um, a woman's health specialist. Um, I was just uh, having a lunch meeting with one uh, Tara Gastillo, the chief of the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at, um, at Hennepin, and she happens to be really good at menopausal care. And I remember one thing she said about vasomotor symptoms of menopause, that sometimes people get some relief with acupuncture. Hmm. But you're not going to do that before you take a shower every day, so that might not be so helpful in your case. But I would see maybe a specialist. All right, David, thank you. Uh, Wendy. Ray, I think, is next uh, in uh, Hopkins. Uh, go ahead, Ray. You're on CCO. 
Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Great to be on the show. I listen to you every Sunday. I've got kind of a general question. Um, I just had to change uh, providers, and I'm a little confused with, I'm working with uh, a PA, an NP. I'm not sure the difference of those two. And then also my uh, looking into researching a physician and a DO. Can you explain kind of the differences of all those four practitioners? I will. And thank you, Ray, for uh, being a a regular listener of the show. I really, I really appreciate that. Um, All the, our healthcare system used to have just doctors, MDs, allopathic doctors. That's what I am. Um, But we have now, um, uh, our system has evolved into more of a team-based care approach that, that involves people of a lot of different trainings. And so I'll run through some of those. One of them is a PA or a physician assistant. Now, that doesn't mean that this is, this is an independent practitioner who went through a master's degree level training. They went to college, then they got a master's degree level in physician, physician assistant. I am of the personal opinion that it's an unfortunate name because I work with loads of PAs and they're not my assistants. They're not like handing me stuff right. and they're not assisting me. They're, they're independent practitioners who are highly skilled. They have a shorter training. They don't do a residency training of a doctor, but they have independent skills. A nurse practitioner comes out of the nursing model. Usually he or she was a registered nurse who went on to get a master's degree in nurse practitioner or more commonly nowadays, a doctorate of nurse practitioners, so they're DNPs, they are also licensed independent practitioners. They too did not go to medical school, but they had extensive training. And then you've got DOs, which are doctors of osteopathy. Many of you might remember them from the past and, and not being too sure what they are. Most schools of osteopathic medicine now are quite strong, and they graduate highly skilled doctors that are indistinguishable from MDs. Um, uh, they, they do have a little different philosophical bent to them in that they do a little bit more of physical manipulation in medicine, sort of along the line of chiropractors. But I have employed many doctors of osteopathy, DOs, in my practice. I hired them, and they're they're very good. So you've got... Physicians, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, all working in a healthcare team. They have different levels of training, um, but uh, and but they work generally as a team. So if you're going to a clinic and seeing a nurse practitioner, you just might know that that person came out of a nursing tr- um, uh, uh, tradition, but got extra training. It's perfectly acceptable to see a nurse practitioner. I've done it myself. Um, and some of them are. Some people like their nurse practitioners better than they like their doctors <laughs> because they have more time. They're better listeners or they're, they come from a different – they just have a different philosophy. And so some people actually like it quite a bit. Most of the time when you get very, very ill and you need a consultant, a specialist, a cardiologist, a rheumatologist, they employ nurse practitioners too. But that's when you typically start to make sure you see a, a physician. All right. We need to take a real fast break. Those on the line, hang on, and texters will pick up on more of your questions as well. Here's the phone number, 651-989-9226. Or if you like, send a text to the doctor, 81807. Just a reminder that uh, coming up uh, next week on the show. Sorry, Dr. Michelle Carlson, a cardiologist, is going to be on. We're going to talk mostly about your heart in general, particularly in women's health. 
Women's Heart Health. She is a cardiologist at, at Hennepin, and she's been a, just a great resource for, for me, and so I've asked her to be come back on well, the good. show. So uh, women's health, specifically uh, heart health. That's next week on the show. We'll take a break. Be right back with more open lines here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Light snow 18 could get one to two inches of new snow today. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Healthy Matters. It's an open line show today. Your questions by phone and by text for Dr. David Hilden. I'll tell you what, let's uh, try to get back on the phones. I know we have a lot of text messages as well. Jerry uh, from Mankato, go ahead. What is your question, Jerry? Yes, a very good morning to you. My question is this. Uh, I turned 70 this last year, and since uh, turning 70, I've noticed some changes in my body. Number one is I noticed some tremors in my hand, my arm, and also my gait has changed a little bit. Uh, I, I see, feel myself dragging my feet, not picking up my feet as I used to do. Uh, is this any new early indications of, uh, let's say, Parkinson's or any other uh, diseases. Yeah, um, thanks for your call, Jerry. That was the first thing I thought of when you mentioned your your symptoms. Is that it sounds like an early neurological movement disease, of which Parkinson's is the, the most uh, common one. Parkinson's is a is a the tremor of Parkinson's is often something that you see um, in your hands. It's a relatively slow tremor, as opposed to what we call a benign essential tremor, which is a fast tremor. So the people with Parkinson's, often their hand just kind of rolls, um, you know, at a slow rate. Parkinson's um, patients also have a shuffling, slower gait, and dragging of your feet would be consistent with that. Now, I'm not saying you have that, but at least it's consistent with some kind of neuromuscular disorder, and I would go see a neurologist, um, and uh, they can help you with that diagnosis. There are other causes of what you've mentioned, but they're new to you. They're um, definitely not normal, and they are consistent with some kind of a neurologic disease. So I would see a neurologist and see if you have Parkinson's. All right, let's see if we can pick up on a couple of uh, text messages. Absolutely. Too. Here's one that says, uh, um, a large boil-like lump appeared on my husband's scrotum. He popped it and drained red, thick blood. There is still a mass to the lump. Does one go to the regular doctor, or dermatologist, or urgent care? I would say go to any of them. Um, I would have it be seen. You can go to your regular doctor. It's probably not an emergency, but it does need to be looked at. Um, that is something that I can't tell from the texter whether it, um, if it is uh, an abscess or uh, if it's just in the skin, then you're probably l- less in danger of anything. If it's just in the skin, it might even just get better. But if it's deeper in the scrotal area, that could be a testicular tumor that must be looked at. So I would start out with either your regular doctor or um, an urgent care doctor. I, I don't think I'd go to a dermatologist. Um, that maybe wouldn't be your next step. And if there's anything deeper, um, then you see a, a urologist. Okay. Let's see about this one. My pulse is up to 128. Is this a problem? Probably. Um, if your pulse is 128 and you happen to be running on a treadmill when you're typing that, it's normal. But if you're, if you're just at rest and your pulse is 128, that's too fast. That's not normal. You should have that be seen. Um, so if this texture is just at rest and your pulse is that high, you could have an arrhythmia in your heart, something along the lines of atrial fibrillation. Um, you could have what we call a sinus tachycardia, which is due to um, it's a regular heart rate, not irregular, but regular um, all of which need looking into. Um, it, but again, I do have to say, if you're exercising, a pulse of 128 is normal. Um, 
Here's somebody who's saying, I'm off to get garlic and orange juice. Maybe my immune system is very weak. So if you missed uh, the call earlier, I think it was Bev was the caller. She had heard on WCCO many years ago that to, to ward off a cold, you crush up a garlic and drink it in orange juice. And I, I loved that advice. Okay, let's here's another one. Um, let's see. Someone says, so how do you find a good acupuncturist when you live in greater Minnesota? Really good question. Yeah. I don't know if there are any. Um, I really don't know. An acupuncture is, is usually a recurrent kind of a thing. We got a great one at the Hennepin Golden Valley Clinic or downtown Minneapolis. But if you live far out, that doesn't help you, does it? I'm sorry. I don't have a good answer for you. Um, here's someone that says, what causes non-malignant plural effusion in a person with esophageal cancer? And what are the outcomes? Non-malignant means non-cancer. Plural effusion is a fluid collection of, in around the lining of your lung. Your pleura are the linings of your lung. Um, Not in your lung, but around them. And they fill up with fluid for a lot of reasons. First of all, if you have a pleural effusion and you have esophageal cancer, I would make sure it's not due to the cancer. But this texture says it's not. And so it could be due to um, a heart problem. It could be due to a pneumonia or an infectious problem. It could be due to blood clot problems. Um, fluid can collect for any number of reasons. They, all of them do require you to have a look. Make sure your, your pulmonologist or your oncologist is helping you with that. Do I have time for some Sure. More? All right. Got a bunch of them. Uh, we got a lot, too. Um, here's one that says, is a pro, I'm having a hard time reading it. Is a prolapsed uterus dangerous, I think is what the texture means to say. Um, not necessarily. Um, uh, prolapse means your, your organ is fallen down. And in a woman, your pelvic floor muscles are a layer of muscles that kind of hold everything up. And typically, as you get older, they get weaker, especially if you had children. Childbirth can make things get stretched out and all that. And so things can start heading south, if you don't mind me using a kind of a... a a colloquial term, but but uh, your uterus can fall down, as can your bladder and other things. And it's dangerous if it's causing you pain or if it's falling well out of your vaginal canal, so like you can see it. Um, it is also dangerous if it is causing you to be unable to pass urine or stool. Those would be not safe. So then you need to have it taken care of. In the absence of any of that, it's mostly a bother. It causes incontinence most of the time. Definitely, though, it has treatments. So if you have a prolapsed uterus, I would um, go see a gynecologist, a specialist in that. And your general gynecologist can help you with that. He or she is a surgeon, and they can help you out if need be. We have about uh, a little over a minute to go there. Maybe you can minute have another to go. one. Too. Maybe I'll do one more here. Um, any treatment for postnasal drip instead of medications? Yes. Um, uh, avoid things that you're allergic to. Irrigate your sinuses with sterile saline using something like a neti pot or a nasal spray. Those are good. Um, I really like those. Um, humidify the air maybe in your bedroom, things like that. Let's see. If I have maybe time. a little garlic and orange juice. Maybe a little garlic and orange juice, exactly. Um, I am indeed running out of time a little bit. I don't think I can, some of these require me to talk too much. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the blog site and I'm going to uh, hopefully answer a few of your text messages because there are many more. Go to myhealthymatters.org. I encourage you to do that every week. But um, in the coming week, I'll put text messages on there, myhealthymatters.org. That's the blog site associated with this show. And... Um, uh, I will try to answer some of your text messages. I also want to tell you that I, we've talked a lot about pelvic problems in women. Well, men get it too. Pelvic discomfort, groin pain, urinary problems. 
We have physical therapists that specialize in both men's and women's physical therapy. Schedule an appointment with a male pelvic floor um, doctor of physical therapy at 873-4377. See you back here next week talking about women's heart health with Dr. Hilden and guest here on News Talk 830 WCCU. Light snow, 18 degrees in the Twin Cities.